This is The Unfiltered Entrepreneur. My name is Ashley Pollard. Here you will find business tips, entrepreneurial advice, and an honest account of mistakes I make along the way. I will also have some friends along for the ride who can add in their own experience, obstacles, and what we can all learn from each other. Entrepreneurship can be a lonely road, but not in my circle. We are all in this together. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Unfiltered Entrepreneur. Yesterday on Instagram stories, I uh, shared my thoughts. I tend to do that. I tend to share my unfiltered thoughts. And being that this is the Unfiltered Entrepreneur podcast, it just made sense to carry that conversation over here to go a little deeper and to also create a mainstay for this information because obviously on my Instagram stories, it's going to be gone by a certain time. And I want you to be able to come back to this if you need it. Uh, And I also want to cement my thoughts somewhere. So what I shared on Instagram was this post that was saying, there's three things I do that make people freak out. I think there's a a lot of things I do that freak people out. Um, And what I mean by freak people out is like entrepreneurs, like they're, that are, you know, kind of like so used to the same language and rhetoric that business coaches share. When I say, oh, I don't do those things. They're like, what? How can you possibly, right? Uh, But the difference is that I learned business from the CEO of, you know, well, I was going to say the CEO of Rebecca Minkoff, but from Rebecca Minkoff herself, I worked directly for Sam Edelman, the person. I, when I was at Prada, my boss was the vice president of the America's office. Um, I learned business from people who were running global empires. And I'm really proud of that. It's why I share it so often because that doesn't make me different than your business. What's interesting is that when you learn business in that massive capacity and a global presence with a brand that's been established for so long, you really learn business in like a university level, but like way deeper. It's incredibly, incredibly powerful to learn the landscape of business versus the niche or industry that you specifically work in. It's it's like learning the general depth of the concept versus the application of the space in which you work specifically. Uh, and I'm very, I'm very grateful for that experience. It's helped me truly in my eyes become a businesswoman versus a consultant in one space. And so a lot of the things that I don't subscribe to or that I don't do or that I don't participate in or that I think are ludicrous are because I know they don't move the needle or I do something completely different that no one's talking about because I know it does. So one of the things that I shared is that I don't track my social analytics. I could not give a shit what my social analytics tell me. The algorithm is way too volatile to trust it completely. And the algorithm is always going to lean on the side of, you know, let's say, not, not my favorite content. 
you know, so for instance, if I share something personal or if I share something anecdotal or if I share something off the cuff and it quote unquote doesn't perform well, my quote unquote, you know, analytics that I honestly don't think we should call it analytics anymore. They're not accurate. My point is uh, when I look at those analytics, it might show me that that vulnerable or personal or off the cuff, cuff post didn't work. So anyone with an analytical consideration would say, don't do that again. That's why I don't like to look at my analytics. I'm going to post what I want. The reason for that is because consistency is what wins in a social algorithm. What also wins is consistency with repetition. So if you choose three to four things that you want to say over and over and over again, you will go viral. You will get to 100,000 followers rather quickly. I also, on the flip side, know that followers don't equal sales. I have a follower or I have clients, I've had clients who have, you know, followers in the millions and I make more money than they do from product sales. So I know followers do not equal money. I know how to sell. I know how to connect and I'm making fucking baller money. So I don't need to give a shit about whether or not this reel did 10,000 views and another one did 15,000. I don't care. I also, for the record, didn't care when I wasn't making money because I know how volatile the algorithm is. I only have time for things that move the needle. So that's one that always freaks people out. The other one that always freaks people out is that I'll take any sales call anytime. I am so not a believer in outsourcing your sales calls if you want to be the face of your business. To me, if someone said, I'd love to you know, talk to you about the roundtable or the doers or which product is in the shop, I want to be the one to talk to you. I am never too busy with four businesses, a robust social life, you know, a very in tune, you know, need like for me time. I will always have 10 to 15 minutes to talk to somebody about my business. I mean, my business is nothing without the people supporting me. Of course, I have 15 minutes to talk to you. It is like so elitist and out of touch to outsource sales calls, in my opinion. It's just, it's truly one of my pet peeves. But my biggest pet peeve lately, and what we're talking about today is this use of the word luxury. It is But my biggest pet peeve is the use of the word luxury lately. I see it everywhere. We have an epidemic of the wrong use of luxury. And I think one person in particular on Instagram in 2020, 2021, used the word luxury with really pretty photo shoots and claimed that you have to be a luxury brand. Everybody thought she was cool. And then they started using the word luxury and it has just multiplied, multiplied, multiplied. And now we have a problem on our hands for multiple reasons. The easiest one is if everyone is luxury, nobody is. The point of luxury is very, very, very few people participate. The idea of luxury is special and unique because of innovation, insane quality, and price point. So when you think of something like Honestly, Louis Vuitton in the fashion space isn't even luxury, like let's be honest. But if you think of someone, what's a, like a really great luxury brand? Maybe like a Laura Piana or 
uh, Hermes or Lueve. Uh, those are really great luxury brands. And those luxury brands are very expensive. $980 for the Lueve jeans that I'm like dying to have. It's not palpable for the everyday consumer. And those are denim pants from Lueve. Those denim pants are very expensive, but it also is a bit of playing in a fashion world. It's a brand that you want to participate in. It's a trend moment. It is out of touch for the everyday consumer. They know that, right? They're not charging $980 because the denim is like ethically sourced from Saturn or some bullshit. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the reason that those jeans are expensive is because there's so few of them made and it's made for a particular consumer who wants to play in an expensive luxury moment. It's not for everyone. And what's fascinating to me is that most of the clients who come to me are impact driven. I want to make an impact. I want to make an impact. I want to make an impact. You have to think for yourself if you want to make an imp- a deep impact with few or an impact far and wide. And I am the person who wants to make an impact far and wide. But do you have a Lueve in uh, Ohio? Do you have a Lueve in Idaho? Do you have a Lueve in like San Antonio, Texas? No, you don't, because I think there's only three Lueves in the country, and I believe it's New York, Miami, and Los Angeles. Maybe there's one on Michigan Avenue. But my point here is that you have to decide what your impact looks like first and foremost. The second thing that I want to talk about is, well, let me go back to that, because if you want an impact that is far and wide, if you want to be someone who's speaking on a stage, if you want someone who's able to sell a New York Times bestseller, if you are someone who wants to you know, keep prices low, if you're someone who um, wants to have massive reach, then you do not want a luxury brand, okay? If you want some consumers who are deeply connected to the brand and uh, where you are innovating and taking risks and being one of the people pushing your industry forward and you're willing to lose a lot of money along the way, have shit talked about you along the way, you're able to take such big risks that it could actually plummet the business, then you might be interested in a luxury brand. In this luxury business that you're building, you might only work with Let's say, let's use, yesterday I used the example of a copywriter. You may only work with one or two people a year. Um, and maybe those the next year it's the same one to two people, but you're getting paid from them maybe fifty dollars to $150,000 because you're really giving a robust uh, copywriting uh, deliverables package that probably encompasses all of their, co- all of their copy and are really able to own that. With that quote unquote luxury business, you're probably also saying, I'd also love to fly out with you. I'd love to host you in this space. I'd love to have creative meetings. You know, you are really using that money not only to fund the team that you have under you, but you're also using it to just really show above and beyond care for this person. Late night phone calls, um, you know, just above and beyond. That's the only way to put it. I don't know who in, I I don't think I've met anyone in my space who wants that kind of business. Maybe one or two, like maybe, maybe. Uh, I would say at Dial Zero Marketing, we offer a luxury service because we do fly out on a moment's notice if they need, if someone needs us. Uh, We will get on the phone for a couple hours if you need us on a Saturday 
we are, uh, you know, remembering people's birthdays and doing something super special for them. And we have a tighter uh, list of people that we work with. We're not so luxury because, which I'll get to later, we don't have the time and the um, breadth of experience as far as, you know, being in business for very long than other people do. Uh, but that attention to care and is built into our cost. So I don't see a lot of people who actually want a luxury business from the perspective of how luxury brands that you think are luxury, Louis Vuitton, I hate to break it to you, not luxury. Uh, Gucci, hate to break it to you, not luxury. They're, t they're called luxury. They're marketed as luxury. But those are advanced contemporary brands in, now in this day and age. I don't need to go any deeper in there because I'm going to lose some people. Uh, if you work in the fashion industry, you agree with me. Now, I want to come back to why I think we're using this word. And the reason why I think that we're using this word luxury is because we want to quote unquote attract a consumer. And this is what drives me nuts because you're going to attract the wrong person with that word. What we're trying to signal with luxury, which is what copy does, it signals, right? It says, I'm going to tell you who I am without saying it implicitly. For instance, if somebody says like, we're a luxury creative boutique, you're hoping to imply we have very specific aesthetic. We have a beautiful client experience where you barely have to lift a finger. We are you know, serving you above and beyond. We might be pricey, but it's because we know what we're doing. We're seasoned experts. In my opinion, why wouldn't you say that? To me, that's more impressive, right? Now, we're using luxury to kind of signal that. One, it's gone. It doesn't matter anymore. Everybody's a luxury business, so you saying luxury no longer signals. It's like saying niche. It doesn't actually hit anymore. Do you actually know what that word means, or do you know what it implies among the society? And now that luxury has kind of taken on a new implication based on the society's interpretation of it, it no longer has the meaning that it was supposed to originally or that it used to signal that that we have adapted our own definition of luxury instead of using what was there in the first place. So another aside for another day. So with that said, we're trying to signal something, right? And the problem there is that when you are not a luxury shopper, you don't know what goes on behind the scenes of these luxury businesses. You don't. It truly is like, there's two analogies I used yesterday. It truly is like telling people how to parent when you have never had kids. All you could say, like for instance, I've never had children. And if I saw a parent with a child who was acting up, let's say in a target, I might say, oh, you know, I've read something that if you do X, Y, and Z, then they'll calm down. That parent might be like, shut the fuck up, bitch. Do you know what you're talking about? Like, these are my kids. Thank you very much. This is my problem. So my kids, I think I can handle this. Uh, I don't actually know how to parent. I've never been in those shoes before. I don't understand the nuance of it, right? The other analogy that I used yesterday was, that when you tell people you're a luxury business, it's like telling people the joke is funny. And I don't know if people really got what I meant by that, but what I'm basically saying is like, if you said something that you felt was funny and then you told people, by the way, that was a funny joke, you just ruined it. Like if it was a funny joke, 
I, wouldn't I be laughing already? Like, wouldn't I know that it was a funny joke by now? And so what we're doing when we're telling people that we're a luxury business is that we're kind of taking this cheap, um, you know, perspective or, or this like a cheap, um, uh, you know, it's a, it's a cheap way of trying to signal to someone that you know what you're doing when you could just simply show them with a more expert level of copy. And what I'm trying, what I, now I'm at the point that I initially came on here to make, but all of this backstory has been important. What I think you're doing with saying the word luxury, when talking about luxury business, when talking about running a luxury business, what I think you are actually doing is attracting scared consumers. Think about it from this perspective. I'm going to use Gucci and Louis And I know that I'm pissing some people off by saying that Louis Vuitton and Gucci aren't luxury. I own Gucci bags. I don't think I own anything Louis Vuitton. Uh, but they're both phenomenal brands. But if you actually, I can make another episode about this on a below 14th street episode about how Louis Vuitton and Gucci aren't luxury businesses. They're not. I hate to tell you, I don't, I can't go into it right now. Actually, no, I will go into it right now because this is the point that I'm trying to make is that what, what you're doing is you're attracting people who want into a space, but actually aren't part of it. Or what you're trying to do is signal to people um, that they can play here under that name because where people are actually doing something bigger and da 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 da, it's too, it's too, out, it's not even aspirational, it's too out of touch. For instance, Laura Piana is a great example. You know, it's a cashmere company, they do a lot with sweaters, um, a lot of like cardigans, you're gonna see a lot of like old money people, a lot of people in succession wearing Laura Piana. And a sweater there is gonna be 1500 bucks, you know. I don't think my mom is going to buy a $1,500 Laura Piana cashmere sweater. She's definitely not going to buy all of her sweaters from Laura Piana. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So she's not going to become a luxury customer. And when she plays in the luxury space, she's surely not going to buy a sweater that's beige with no logo on it, right? Same thing with Lueve. You know, in the fashion space, having that little elephant pouch is a signal that you are actually buying a leather bag or a, a um, luxury bag. Wearing the Bottega woven clutch signals you're wearing a luxury bag. Um, what's another really great example? Some things are like escaping me. The Hermes, you know, Birkin is like kind of overdone, still luxury for sure. But, you know, Hermes uh, Kelly or like something like that. Luxury, right? Because those things are they're almost like signaling to other people that you had the money to buy it. But it's also brands that have been so established, so uh, well-known, but the quality is so impeccable that people will say, I have had my, you know, mom, my grandma's Kelly bag that got passed down to my mom that I now have, and it's worn in, but it's still stunning and gorgeous, and it still works because the craftsmanship has been studied and perfected and almost has set the gold standard for how, you know, this needs to be made or created or X, Y, and Z. You might be wondering where I'm going here. Now, my point is true luxury from inside the fashion industry, from where I used to live and work, are those brands that are truly very out of touch. 
um, St. John is another one. These like big luxury businesses, the ones that you kind of maybe like walk past on Fifth Avenue if you've ever visited New York City and you're like, I don't know what that brand is. I don't know what that brand is. I don't know what that brand is. But then there's these attainable luxury companies. Louis Vuitton and Gucci are kind of like the poster child for this. Uh, maybe even like Prada a little bit, now, definitely lately. But these like, quote unquote, massive luxury names, the ones that people think are the pinnacle of luxury because everybody knows that brand. In the luxury space, they're jokes. I mean, maybe not jokes, like maybe I'm being too harsh, but they are not luxury brands because the average price point might be 1000 or 1100 Anybody on the street could really save up if they wanted to. Maybe it takes a year, maybe it takes three months, but they could save up and they could walk in and they could buy a decent bag. You know, you could buy a Louis Vuitton tote, a Neverfull, I think goes for like a thousand at this point. You could buy a Gucci disco ba bag. I don't remember what they call it. Um, maybe it's just the disco, but you could buy one of those crossbodies for $8.95 originally, might be $1,025 now. So you could go in and, and buy something nice for yourself. A cardholder from Louis Vuitton is $250, bucks, 240 I think it is. So, And most consumers can play in that space. It's not significantly more expensive than Michael Kors luxury line. If you walk into a Michael Kors store, not where it's MK, not where it's Kors, but where it's truly Michael Kors with like a gold-plated logo, you're going to find bags for almost the same price as Gucci and Louis Vuitton. So the price is not different. We call that advanced luxury. Uh, another example of advanced luxury might be like, I was about to say Peter Pelota, but they went out of business. Philip Lim is a great example. Alexander Wang at times in their heyday. Um, Oscar de la Renta, some people used to say were advanced co contemporary. They're definitely a luxury brand now. So this kind of like accessible to people if they were to save up for it, but and have some things that are luxury pricing, but the bulk of their business is advanced contemporary. The, the bulk of the Louis Vuitton business is truly the Neverfull, is wallets, is crossbodies. The bulk of Gucci's business, crossbodies, wallets, um, you know, maybe scarves. So it's very tough um, for me and for people in the fashion industry to consider those luxury businesses. Okay, now that we're past that, I want you to come back to how that applies to your business, okay? So if you're saying, I want to be the Louis Vuitton of business, I want to be the Gucci of business, what you're saying is, I want to be priced as priced closely to these really big guys, but I want everybody, I want the consumers to be fooled into thinking they're getting a luxury product when they're getting a mass consume, a mass produced product. It's basically like saying, I'm going to sell a three module course that isn't very deep for $4,900 under the guise of calling it luxury. I'm going to position it up here with marketing, with branding, with incredible visuals, with videography. This is why people say with luxury, you're paying for the marketing. Very much so with Louis Vuitton, with Gucci. Some of you may have never heard of Louève. Some of you have may maybe never heard of Laura Piano or St. John or, you know, any of these other truly luxury brands, Bulgari, Harry Winston. And that's because they don't, they're, they're, they market like for sure, like you could see maybe a commercial, but like maybe an advertisement in a magazine. But at the end of the day, the, the signaling, the marketing of those brands is truly word of mouth. 
That's that's it. You know, it's in the right stores that we don't shop at, and it's discussed in circles we aren't in <laughs> personally. So what I'm trying to say is that when you use this word luxury, to me, it's so cringy because it's like people saying that Louis Vuitton or Gucci are these like incredibly luxury businesses and true luxury is not accessible at all. You can buy a phenomenal Louis Vuitton tote. Please still buy Louis Vuitton totes. Please still participate in Gucci. I'm not knocking them at all. I'm saying from a business perspective, you have to understand what you're talking about. And it tells on yourself that you have not studied the world of business, the economics of the business that you are saying you partake in. It's embarrassing me. Like it's, it's embarrassing me for you is what I'm trying to say. And I'm not trying to say that to shame you. I'm not trying to say that to, you know, make you feel like, oh my God, like now, now I have to change everything. All I want you to do is think. All I want you to do is your research. All I want you to do is if you want to play with a word in a business economic sense, know what you're saying. Because what you're saying is I want to make, I don't know, $200,000 from one person, from two people. The average person who goes into a Laura Piana store does not buy one thing. They buy maybe 10 things per season. If we average that down, let's say the average is, let's even go low, let's say $700. That means you're spending $7,000 a season. Over a year, one person might spend, you know, $28,000. That might not seem like a lot of, of money, but you're getting like 30 things. Do you know what I'm saying? So let me backtrack. Let me get back to my point. I've veered off the highway. We need to come back onto the highway. My point here is that I'm losing some patience for the word luxury because it's cheap. You are trying to stand out in a crowd with a word everyone's using. On top of that, I don't, I, I want you to put the actual work in, right? I want you I, th I think that sometimes lately what I'm noticing is that a lot of people want these massive, massive businesses without the massive, massive risk, sacrifice, and time it takes, right? The patience it takes to get there. So your work experience, you learning along the way, you, you know, creating a better process, focus on that and, and use better verbiage in your marketing, work with a copywriter or get creative on ways that you can connect with your audience that show what you're trying to show with that word. Because if you're trying to say that we are extremely detail-oriented, we go way above and beyond other people, one, you better know what other people are doing. Are you talking to your peers? Are you asking your clients what kind of experience they've seen elsewhere? Are you in massive groups or not even massive groups, but are you joining groups of other entrepreneurs to see what their processes are and what they're sharing about their business? Because how can you say that we go more above and beyond than someone else if you don't know what other people are doing, right? So tell people what you're actually trying to tell them. Tell them that your price is high because you have 20 years experience, 10 years experience, five years experience. Tell them your price is high because every single client of yours has an insane ROI. The average ROI of our clients is at least 10x. That's our average. 
So I can justify pricing, right? I can justify pricing because I grew businesses in corporate from zero to hundreds of million do- millions of dollars in six months with the same resources that you have alone, basically as an entrepreneur inside of those businesses. Tell people why you consider yourself what you're trying to say is luxury. I can be trusted. My prices are high because I'm very, very, very exclusive and everyone wants to work with me. Uh, We are so committed to the client that they should never have to lift a finger. If those are the things you're trying to say, then say them, right? So that is my tangent. Uh, If you want to continue to do the luxury thing, by all means, I'm not here to hate on you. And if I see it, I might pull my hair out a little bit, but I I understand. I get it. Maybe you've been seeing it. So you want to play in that space. You know, you want to be able to say that you run a luxury business. Fine. Great. But does that mean that every single day you're getting ready and looking quaffed and perfect at your desk? It better. Are are all of your systems so clean that when someone comes in, they probably should never have to talk to you again because you can run everything without them? Are you so tested that and approved that you can come in and say, I can guarantee results, I can guarantee sales, I can guarantee clicks, I can guarantee this? And I know some of you are going to say, well, it depends on other factors, not if you're in a luxury business. That's my challenge, right? And with that, I want you to, I want to normalize a bit doing a good job for a good rate. Because what is really funny is that I started alongside a lot of people who hired expensive business coaches who told them how to run a business. They branded themselves as luxury businesses. They branded themselves as these out-of-box thinkers. And they charged a shit ton of money. We're talking five dollars to $10,000 to work with them. Expensive. My group programs were $650, $850. And when they would get... I remember one of my friends was so excited because she got three people in her group program, which means that she made $15,000 because she was charging $5,000 per person. I got 35 people into my group program at, I think the average price point was $850 and I made 30 grand. And she said, yeah, but you're going to have to do so many more calls. No, those were group calls. It was the same amount of time for me. And I made... $35,000 and she made 15. And that's the difference. Do you want to go deeply or do you want reach? I've always been the person who wants reach. I will never claim to be a luxury business. I don't want one. Luxury businesses aren't profitable. And they're so unprofitable. Another sidebar, they're so unprofitable that what you don't realize if you've never worked in a luxury brand, like a fashion, luxury fashion brand, that and actually luxury automobiles is the same way luxury um, furniture some luxury furniture brands what you don't realize those businesses redline those businesses are in the red they are not making and keeping money the people at the top are making money but that is an aside for another time but where do you know where they get their money it's not from the consumer it's not from profit it's from private equity They have investors keeping them afloat because they can't make money. The reason that investors come in and throw money at it, one, is to quote unquote, keep the art alive, keep that business, that business going. 
And that's not just iconic brands. If you look at a brand like Mad Happy, which is to some considered a luxury, you know, athleisure brand, it was acquired by LVMH, which is Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy. Uh, Mad Happy, if you look at some of these like newer acquisitions of, you know, Caring Group or LVMH, like these modern luxury brands even are not profitable. They don't make money. And they don't make money because the risk is so high to play in the space. So they would not be around if they didn't have investors pumping cash in, pumping it in. The amount of times that I see people saying they want a profitable business and a luxury business and I'm biting my tongue, I can't do it anymore. I cannot do it. Whereas I, compared to my friends who are growing quote unquote luxury businesses, most of them not running their business anymore. They've gone in house with someone, they've gone back to full-time jobs, all of which is fully respectable, but they left their business because it was not giving back to them the way that they wanted it to. Whereas I charged an every man's rate. I charged something affordable. I've always leaned affordable. That's why I love the doers so much. Even the round table, if you pay in full, it's $67.50 right now until September 8th. Like that, you could pay in full right now and never never pay a dollar to work with me next year and get me very deeply. That to me, or that to some people is absolutely crazy to them. But what's different is that I am still in business and I'm making way more money than other people now because I know actual business acumen. I actually know the business development skills that you need to deploy to run a profitable business. And I've done it with my hair in a messy bun that hasn't been washed in two days, in my sweatpants, with typos in my emails. I still need to upload a video to the roundtable that I owe them from the beginning of the month. And guess what? I'm doing just fine, guys. Because I run an everyday business for the everyday consumer. And that is why Macy's made 10 times more money than Prada last year. Is because there's profit in the everyday and none in the luxury. Now my final caveat to all of this is none of this has to do with branding. I will never tell you don't brand your business. I will never tell you that assets don't work. Phenomenal professional assets always legitimize a business. Phenomenal branding, a phenomenal website will always legitimize a business. Worthy investment. I don't have a problem with you doing things you think are luxury. Dubsado forms, photography, you know, really phenomenal client experience. Quality work, obviously. Like those things are not like a luxury business that's a well-ran business, right? I will never tell you not to do branding or have a great website or anything like that. That to me is not a luxury decision. It's a proper decision. What I want you to think about is actually marketing with words you use and thinking about your business differently. Because I, I bet a lot of you have imposter syndrome because you are trying to be a luxury business and you're not a luxury consumer. You aren't running a luxury business. You aren't wanting some super elevate quaffed business. I don't want elevated. I don't. I am perfectly fine with good. I hate to tell you, 
I am perfectly fine with my expensive $8,000 couch and my $2,500 dining room table and everything else being from Wayfair. That's how I run my business. That's how I live my life. If I was truly a luxury business, ran by a luxury business owner who had a luxury lifestyle, nothing in this house would probably be less than $2,000. <sighs> I'm so glad I got that off my chest. My point is, whatever you do, I want you to think about it, that you are coming through in your business. Please don't use words, use marketing, make decisions in your business because someone quote unquote cool told you to do it. Cool typically signals pretty, skinny, privileged, <laughs> you know, uh, socially, societally acceptable. I always, you know, someone said to me once, I've never forgot it. Now I tell people all the time, do I really want what she has or is she skinnier than me? It's like my favorite question to ask myself because a lot of times I'm like, no, she's just skinnier than me. <laughs> It's just like a really funny societal question to ask yourself. I'm not trying to beat up on you. I want you to be authentic. I want you to know what kind of business you're actually building. And if you want to be a business owner in a business realm, you have to understand the economics of what you're saying. You have to be, you better be reading the Wall Street Journal with me every morning. You better be reading about, you know, I always tell people what happens in the world affects your business. Oil. The oil industry affects your business. I don't care if you're a course creator. What happens with Ukraine and Russia affects your business. And you might be like, no, not directly. Yeah, because guess what? This is going to affect this, is going to affect this, is going to affect this, and that's how it's going to affect you. Just so we're clear, it's all connected. So by understanding the economics of business, by understanding what a luxury business actually looks like, actually looks like, you wouldn't want one anymore. You wouldn't. And for those of you that I know are going to say, well, we're not trying to run luxury fashion brands. We're trying to run luxury online brands. Okay. If there's thousands of you, you're not luxury anymore. Period. I don't know what to tell you. Use your verbiage differently. Get more creative with your verbiage. Find a way to accurately convey what you're trying to tell people. Because you are letting perfectionism halt you so badly trying to be quote unquote luxury and perfect because in your head maybe you're thinking like i know one of my clients shared this with me you're thinking of thinking of your business as this parisian marble structure with perfectly you know dusted glass containers of the most elevated leather bound wallets under a display case with marketing with the world's famous models that's like almost what your brain is telling you because you're like i want to be like gucci and louis vuitton and what i know is that all of those people who work for the brand don't get paid shit. I know that, not for those two particularly, but generally, I don't, I can't speak to the specifics of them and I'm trying to like now legally cover my ass. Um, you have no idea how much they're spending on that building. It's basically, do you want to keep up with the Joneses or do you want to be yourself? What if you removed a lot of pressure and you said today, I just want to do a good job for people who will pay the price that I feel is fair. Because I will tell you what, I will not become a seven-figure seven business owner. I refuse. I refuse to become a seven-figure business owner because I'm charging $40,000. That is so cheap. That is so embarrassing to me. I would prefer to be a seven-figure business owner who made my, my money with an average AUR 
an average unit retail, an average price in my business of 550, which is I think where we're hovering right now as our AUR. That to me is so fucking impressive. That is that is impact to me, okay? All of this is through my lens, my perspective, my preferences. To me, that is way more impactful, having a far and wide reach. You know, the people that say, I'm going to have a six-figure year and they're charging 40 grand, of course you are. <laughs> you get one photo shoot, get your website done professionally, and you have somebody do your sales for you, you'll have a six-figure year at a $40,000 price point in less than five weeks. A million-dollar business with a $40,000 price point is 25 clients. So that means six clients per quarter. I'm not impressed by that. I'm impressed by anyone who can run a seven-figure business, do you, but I just feel like that's not what really any of you guys want. It's not. I know it's not. And I know it's not because I'm talking to you on sales calls, in the doers, and you guys are the people who want to help people, to reach people in their hearts, many of them, right? And I totally understand some of you are like, no, I do want to have the depth. That's fine. I still don't think you're using the word luxury right. You have to consider all of the implications that go with it. You're going to have to take so much outside money because your risk is so high, because your money is, uh, your expenses are so much higher than your revenue. And if you want to know how I run my business, my business is so profitable that I have nothing to do today on a Monday. I actually have almost nothing to do all week. There's plenty I'm going to do because I have the time, but I'm in a rest season. If I don't want to work this week, I did not, I would not have to. I think I have one meeting tomorrow. I'm recording a podcast later. That's it. Office hours Friday. If I didn't want to work this week, I wouldn't have to. And that is because I'm not running a luxury business. I'm running a profitable business. I think I've hit my hit the nail on the head. I think I've gotten my point across. You probably haven't made it until here. If you've made it until this point, DM me and uh, maybe I'll give you a free month in the doers or like something special. Maybe there's like a master class I can give you for free or something just to kind of thank you for listening to the episode in whole because this really fucking matters to me. It's been driving me crazy and I'm doing this for your benefit because I'm looking out for you. Ashley out. Have a good one. Hold up. Don't leave quite yet. The good just gets better. I know it might be expensive to hire me for my services, so I've created a free way for you to get all of my best for any question you have. Click the link in the show notes to drop us a voice note, and I promise you I will answer every single one of them on the podcast for free. This has been a fast forward production. To learn more about them, check out at the women are speaking on Instagram for more information.